we put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Hey, you're listening to the Swap Moto Podcast presented by Fly Racing. I'm Don Maeda. I'm here with Pat Foster, and today we uh, took our first ride on the 2020 Kawasaki KX450, which is returned with bold new graphics. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it, Pat? No, not at all. And you know what? I'm just adding, in addition to the bold, bold new graphics, they've got uh, some green number plates, kind of look cool, factory green um, airbox, which you did to your bike last year, which was really cool. And bold new graphics. Did the bike need much else? No, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, so the bike was all new in 2019. New chassis, new engine. Showa spring fork, which replaces the horrid air fork of the past. You know, I don't think either of us were fans of it. Um, but yeah, last year, uh, the 2019 kind of swept through our, uh, our previous Transworld Motocross shootout. I think you were the... Uh, I think you may have been the only guy that chose a different bike ahead of it but you did like it plenty you know what i loved that bike and yeah like you said i think we had six test guys i think five of them chose the kawasaki first and i chose it a close second and you know i talked about it a little bit in our in our uh, review video today after riding the bike when you're riding back to back you can pick up on some subtle nuances where you go i like that a little bit better about this bike or i like that a little bit better and and you start splitting hairs Man, I spent the day on the bike today and just riding that, mm -hmm. and it's a, it's hard to imagine wanting much more. Yeah, bike definitely. Was, bike was and, amazing today. And what's funny is that we rode it with the standard coupler in. If you put the uh, the aggressive coupler in, it gets even more, uh, more aggressive. I mean, it, it hits harder. It pulls further on top. A little bit less roll-on, but... Um, I don't, I'm not one to want for more power out of that Cowie. You know, it's interesting. I've never wanted to detune a bike before. And the Kawasaki is the only bike that I've ever put a mild, the, the mellower coupler in mm -hmm. and really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, I did it last year when we were at now Fox Raceway, very tacky, very grippy dirt, sticky ruts. And even the, the standard coupler was too much. Mm -hmm. It was too quick. You know, Kawasaki put a lot of work into um, quickening the, the throttle response. Yeah. That thing happened fast. Mm -hmm. And so I put the mellower coupler in and I'm like, wow, you know, this smooths everything out. And I, I can actually be a little more aggressive on the bike without the bike coming out from under me. Um, this is the only bike that I've ever mellowed out the power on yeah, and, and enjoyed it. The funny thing about that day is, wasn't it Jeremy McGrath that was suggesting we try that mellow coupler? Yeah. Jeremy liked it too. <laughs> Jeremy liked it too. Definitely. Pretty funny. So, um, okay. So I spent a good deal of time on the 19 KX450 after the shootout. Um, Two things that I felt were uh, uh, shortcomings on the bike is that, you know, last year they went to the oversized rear disc rotor. And, you know, I certainly didn't have a problem with it today. Don't have a problem with it on any other ride day. But, like, for some reason on race day, I think I must get nervous. And I ride like more of a dickhead and I, I drag my rear brake. But uh, 
I want to say the first three race weekends on the 19 last year, I would overheat the brake around the fourth lap or so. My pedal would go down and I'd have to like try to stay away from it to get it back or I'd have to like pump it and stab it. But I'd bleed the whole system out in between motos and start the next moto with brakes and uh, sure enough, lose them again because probably my poor riding technique, but I got really good at bleeding brakes. That's that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. But uh, eventually I did go back to the 2018 rotor and see, so I'd get the rotor and I'd get the hanger and I never had a problem with it again the rest of the year. So I think it has something to do with the oversized rotor building a little bit more heat than the standard size, I guess. Well, that certainly makes sense. And prior to 2019, that was one of Kawasaki's shortcomings was the brakes were always just average. Mm -hmm. They were just fair. They went to oversized rotors, both front and rear really put a, paid a lot of attention to the brakes. I think the brakes are amazing. Now I haven't spent a lot of time on the bike. So I never had an issue with overheating the brakes or anything, but I can say that when I've been testing the bike, the brake action and, and the way they work and their stopping ability, huge improvements over 18. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, they, they definitely did all of the right things. There might be some a, a adjustment things to do or, um, you, you know, s some things to deal with, but w just from a strictly performance standpoint, brakes are amazing. Yeah. They work do, great. Do you, uh, uh, like, obviously, I'm used to it now because I spent the whole year on the bike, but do you notice the levers feel, like, strange compared to other bikes? They're, like, little, uh, the best thing I compare them to in, is, like, the wood chopsticks you break in half. <laughs> yeah, you know they're, what? They're square and they're little. They got a sharp edge on them. Yeah. I, I, I have noticed that. They've got a sharp edge, and I did have to, aside from when we get to the track and set the bars and set the, the levers, not only did I have to set the height, but I had to slide the front brake lever out because it was so so uh, short yeah I, I couldn't reach it <laughs> yeah yeah they are they are kind of an odd shape yeah um other than that the uh the only other thing i changed on the bike last year really for for uh out of necessity was to me the new hydraulic clutch is so sensitive and so soft um when i ride the bike with my finger on the clutch lever i was actually burning clutches up i went through two clutches pretty quick last year and uh you know again i read like a kook so maybe i'm clutching it too much but i it's my suspicion that i was slipping it a little bit at all times whenever i had the finger on it so um i actually uh, switched to the recluse torque drive clutch and uh i never had a problem with it the rest of the year you know i'm i'm interested to try that i haven't ridden with I haven't ridden the Kawasaki with the recluse clutch in it. I've heard amazing things about it. You're not the only one that I've heard this from. And so uh, I'd love to test it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, okay. So a little backstory. Uh, last year when it came time for his pops to buy a new bike, you suggested the KX450 for your dad, right? I did. So, and, and that's something that I think it's important for people to understand. Sure, I chose the Yamaha as my number one choice for, for bike of the year last year. Everybody else on the staff varying ages abilities um riding styles they all like the kawasaki the kawasaki fits a wide variety of people i like the yamaha for a couple like i said i was splitting hairs mm -hmm. couple couple reasons i liked it better but when it came time for my own dad to say hey i'm buying a 2019 what do i get yeah hey dude you, you need to get the kawasaki mm -hmm. the things that i like about the yamaha you're not going to like and he loves this thing yeah. he, he loves his bike well 
Sending you home with a recluse clutch, you can try it yourself. We're, we're going to put, put that thing in, in uh, Ralph's bike, and uh, we're going to we're going to try it this week. <laughs> I can't wait to do it. Nice. Well, hey Pat, let's take a quick break to uh, hear from our show sponsors, but we'll be back with some uh, closing thoughts. Hey, Swap Moto listeners, this is Zach Osborne, rider for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team. I love my FC 450 race bike, but I also love the FC 350. It has the handling of a 250 and the power of a 450, making it the perfect bike for both professional and amateur riders. Right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is giving Swap Moto listeners 1,500 reasons to get a brand new FC 350. Hurry into your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer to find out more on the limited time offers available to get you on the track today. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Riders like Justin Cooper, Dylan Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. Hey, welcome back to the Fly Racing Swap Moto Podcast. Today we're talking about the 2020 KX250, KX450, I'm sorry, that uh, Pat Foster and I just rode. So, hey, did you, uh, you ended up going stiffer on the fork and shock and adding a little bit of rebound, right? I did do that. So I rode it standard and was 
perfectly happy with it. Uh, what did you feel it was doing that you needed those adjustments for? You know, th- this is something that I noticed when I rode the 19 in our our, in, our initial testing and then also in the shootout. The suspension settings are a little bit on the soft side for me. I went in three or three or four clicks on the compression to alleviate the, the bottoming issues I was having. On some of the bigger jumps, I was, mm-hmm. I was blowing through the stroke. And when you blow through the stroke, it has a tendency to, to bounce back at you pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. I saw, so I added some rebound as well, just to kind of calm the bike a little bit. In general, the suspension's a little bit on the soft side for me. Today, I thought it was great. It wasn't very rough at Milestone. Mm-hmm. Had a pretty good feel for the bike. Um, I might have to go in a little bit more if the track got rougher. But basically, I was just trying to calm the, calm the suspension a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wouldn't case those big jumps, and if you downside them the way that I do, you wouldn't have that problem. I know. I know. <laughs> I was watching. I was like, hey, listen, if I could ride like Donnie, I wouldn't even have to be messing with this screwdriver right now. <laughs> <laughs> like walking on the water, dude. Um, so uh, uh, what else about the bike? I mean, I, okay, so I was telling Cowie's Ken Essex today that at one point, a couple of years ago, I had switched my bike to all green plastic. And before I put the graphics on, I took a picture of it because I just thought it looked cool. And I put it on my Instagram, and I wrote, Cowie should be green. And people flipped out on it. And the photo got a lot of likes and comments, and some other people reposted it. But I'm pumped on the green plastic. I mean, yeah, it looks a little strange because you got green number plates. But, hey, everybody, even if you don't race, you're putting those decorative numbers on, right? So I, I think the green side panels are cool. I think it looks great. And, you know, we, we kind of started this podcast we were talking about you spent a lot of time on the bike and you had a couple things that, that, uh, you know, needed some attention, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that we've properly given Kawasaki it's due for how good it works. Oh, I mean, yeah. the going from the 18 to the 19, I mean, it was a, it was a drastic change. The bike got slimmer. It, mm-hmm. it, although it didn't lose any weight, it actually gained a little bit. Mm-hmm. You got to remember they put in a spring fork, they put in an electric start. They, they, um, the, but the bike feels narrower and it feels lighter on the track and so nimble mm-hmm. and between the, the new suspension staying so connected to the track and, and hitting the braking bumps and a turn in the, the bike corners so much better. Yeah. It feels lighter. The, the way to, the ability to move around on the bike, slide back and forth. I mean, this thing is so sleek. Mm-hmm. Um, the bike feels amazing. One of the cool things is. You know, we, we try to, when we assemble our team of testers to do the shootout, for instance, different sizes, different weights, different abilities. Um, one of the cool things about the Kawasaki is I feel comfortable in it, on it with the stock settings. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can move the handlebars into four different positions. Mm-hmm. You can drop the foot pegs. I like the bike standard. My dad's almost 6'5". He moves the bars two spots forward, mm-hmm. drop the foot pegs, and he's just as comfortable on the bike mm-hmm. as I am. Yeah, it's funny that, you know, bicycles come in small, medium, large, extra large, and, you know, cars come with adjustable seats and mirrors and everything, and, like, dirt bike's a dirt bike. But Cowie addresses that size difference and uh, offers a great deal of adjustability. There's a, there's a ton of room on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty cool. You know what's funny, though, is one year... One year, I was fortunate enough to get two 450s from Cowie, and I, I raced one, and I practiced on the other, and it took several months until I was working on the bike side by side, and I'm like, hey, wait, 
that one's got the foot pegs in the low position and that one's high. And, you know, I never rode both on the same day, so I never detected a difference in it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, you would think that for an average sized guy like me, I'd be like, whoa, why are these pegs so low? But yeah, I, I, I didn't notice. I'm not saying that it doesn't make a difference. I'm just saying without back to back, riding one one day, riding one the other day, they're obviously going to feel different either way because one was a race bike and it's built up a little bit more and newer. So, yeah. you know what? I could see <laughs> that because <laughs> I, I had two cowies when I was, when I was racing, I had a practice bike and a race bike. They felt nothing like each other. Yeah. Race bike was always tight. It always felt fresh. It always mm -hmm. felt firm. The race bike was, I mean, the practice bike was always a little clapped out. So I could yeah. see that they, they feel dramatically different, even though they're the same bike. Yeah. Hey, you know what I, I'm pumped on about the cowie is the, performance of the electric starter because i'll say i'm not going to throw throw rocks but there's other manufacturers where the bike doesn't fire up as instantaneously and the cowie is just like bam it's on the second you push the button every single time it's immediate yeah it's immediate there's there's another bike that i spent a good deal of time on this year and it's like i used to worry that the battery's gonna die because it's in there chicka, 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 chicka. sure you know and I've, yeah. I've experienced that as well, and I did notice how quickly the Kawasaki, it just jumps to life mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. And then uh, I have to say, you know, it is it is a heavy bike on paper, but I don't notice it being exceptionally heavy when I put it on the stand. <clears throat> Excuse me. And for sure on the track, it has a light, nimble, responsive feel. I agree. I agree, and I think that a lot of that's a, um, attributed to the quick throttle response that, that Kawasaki's added. This, this sleek feel, it just feels narrow and it, and it feels light between your feet. And, uh, yeah, that, that power coming on so quickly just makes the feel, the bike feel light. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I, I should mention is that, you know, I said I spent a bunch of time on the bike last year, so I changed the brake and I changed the clutch. And I did that kind of out of necessity, right? I also changed the pipe. I didn't need to change the pipe because it's got such great power that's easy to ride and like great low end roll on. I changed it because the stock muffler looks like a boom box off Scott Parker's flat tracker. It, um, it, it really does. <laughs> but that was just an aesthetic reason, you know, kind of a shallow reason to change it because you didn't like the way it looked. But um, I went through several different aftermarket systems and preferred the stock every time. Um, eventually I arrived on FMF, uh, 4.1, uh, what's it called? It's not a mega bomb anymore. It's like an ultra bomb or something, a big one, but they actually, uh, they developed a longer header that was long, like the, the stock one. And I liked that and it looked cool and it knocked some weight off the bike. But, uh, but man, yeah, I, I have to say like most people are going to change a pipe on this bike just for looks. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, when the bike first came out last year, we did our intro, and I was really excited about the bike. I, I did the intro for, for Transworld at the time, and uh, I was thrilled with the bike. I was amazed at how well uh, it worked, the changes they had made, the amount of attention that, that they put into it, and then thought everybody would be stoked, and people could not get their eyes off of that muffler. It was like, <laughs> That's all, what all the comments were. All the comments were about the muffler, and I'm going, guys, you're missing the boat here. This thing is so good. This bike is badass. And you're, you're stuck on the looks of this muffler. I mean, we turn the bike yeah. around, take a picture from the front or something. <laughs> you're, you're blowing it right now. You're focused on the wrong things. Yeah. But it, it is big. Yeah. It is big. That's for sure. Um, I think another thing that is excellent about the bike is the 
left side side panel airbox access. Um, it's not as uh, it's not toolless like the KTM where you just pop it off. You, know, you take the eight eight millimeter and the ten millimeter seat bolts. Um, but man, the air filter is super easy to get in and out. And the fact that the air box on the inside is green makes it very easy to spot dirt, grease, anything that's where it shouldn't be. And also because it's a side access, it's super easy to clean. Um, I would just crumple up some paper towels, shove it inside the uh, the air boot, shoot the whole air box contact cleaner, wipe it down, pull the pull the uh, the paper towel out. And it was a uh, you know, I mean, it was always nice peace of mind to know that my air box was spotless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ease, ease of maintenance is a big deal. Yeah, and no, sure. nobody likes doing air filters. So if you can make an air filter easy, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, one thing. I just I just thought of this. One thing is if you put an aftermarket pipe on it, I don't think there's an aftermarket exhaust company that makes a rubber mount as the stock one is rubber mounted. And a solid mount will snap the tab off your subframe. Oh. Um, yeah, the vibration, I think, uh, puts a little bit of load on that. So I was actually surprised that Cowie didn't change that part of the frame. Because uh, I know a lot of people that broke that tab off, myself included, had to have it uh, uh, heliarched back on oh. with a big, gigantic, fat bead so it <laughs> wouldn't break again. Uh, FMF does uh, address the problem with their pipes. They sell a little uh, tin bracket that goes on there to reinforce things. But, uh, but yeah, I would, heck, I would, I would strengthen it up if you're going to... Uh, put a pipe on your bike before you have that problem. You know, not to upset the pipe manufacturers, but I really can't see myself needing to put a pipe on this bike. <laughs> yeah. it, the bike works so good today. I mean, obviously for aesthetics and you want it to look a little different, look like a factory bike and stuff like that I get that you can maybe shave a little weight. Mm -hmm. I get, I get that too. But if I just went out and bought this bike and I didn't have a bunch of extra money lying around, mm -hmm. I'd be happy riding this bike totally stock. Yeah. Does Ralph's bike have a stock bike? Totally stock. 100% <laughs> stock bike. Yeah. I wonder what it would do if you just hacked off like four inches off the thing. I, I can't imagine it being a problem. <laughs> Save a bunch of weight. <laughs> kind of tuck it up behind that, that number plate a little bit. Yeah. You could have your bike and your muffler in the same area code at the same time. <laughs> well, uh, hey, closing thoughts. I mean, uh, we've got the the only bike that we have left to get is the Yamaha next week, Suzuki hopefully a few days after that, and then it's straight into our 2020 450 motocross comparison. Um, any hunches, Pat? I mean, is this thing going to be repeat winner? Hard to beat. I mean, we obviously have the, the new Yamaha has significantly changed. Um, you haven't ridden the Honda yet, but the Honda has refinements that make it a lot better. And wow. You know, I, I liked the Honda last year. I hear great things about it from the other day. I didn't get a, a chance to ride it. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed the Yamaha. Spent a lot of time on that this year. I hear there's some changes. I don't know a lot about it. Uh, we do know what we're getting with the Kawasaki. Mm -hmm. And five out of six last year, yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. So um, I, I think, do I think the Cowie's going to do great? Absolutely. Compared to what other guys are doing, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't ridden the Honda and I haven't ridden the uh, Yamaha yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, I guess that concludes this uh, 
this podcast, but thank you for listening. And uh, please take some time to check out SwapMotoLive.com. We've got a uh, all-new website that's jam-packed with videos, photos, stories, and uh, a lot of good stuff. So we will talk to you next time. Thank you.